Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week, coming out of Edmonton, Alberta, is the soulful pop, Jordan Jones. This was a really, really cool, insightful conversation. You're not going to want to miss a second of it. Now, of course, in this interview, you are going to learn a lot more about Jordan. We also talk about his very eclectic musical influences and how they, well, influence his sound today. We talk about the musical projects that he has been a part of. We also talk about his very exciting adventures and trips, musically and personally. He shares his songwriting and releasing process with us. And of course, so much more. This was a great conversation. And of course, you are going to hear two of his incredible songs, his debut release, Break My Heart, and his latest release, Sabotage. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's jump right on into it. First off, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me on One to Watch Wednesday this week. I'm so excited to get you on to talk all about your new song, Sabotage, here in a second, and all about your music, of course. But we got to start from the very beginning. So I found a mini bio of you on a different interview, and it sounds like you have done so much throughout the last... 10 years that it's so incredible to just see where you are now. Now, it says here that you toured Canada multiple times with previous projects over the last 10 years. You were both a frontman as a lead vocalist and took on the role as a lead guitarist in two separate projects. And with that, you have experienced several different genres like pop, R&B, soul, and rock. And your diversity has led you to where you are today. So let's go way back in time. Where did your love of music start? How are you inspired? And how did it lead you to where you are today? Let's go way back then. So my love for music came from, honestly, just from my dad. He's a huge music lover. Anyone that goes over to his house knows that he will quiz you on some of the most eclectic music. So I've always been surrounded. Not They're not musicians. Like my family aren't musicians, but just music lovers. Everyone's a music lover. So, I mean, I used to lay on the floor and listen to Beatles when I was like eight, you know, and just crank it and just, and listen to, just to listen to get lost in music. So that's where my love came from. My love came from like listening to the lyrics, listening to the stories and learning from music. Yeah. Who were some of the musical inspirations that you grew up with? Because you mentioned the Beatles, of course, but who else made you really love music? Michael Jackson. I was like four or five and I had one of those, like I had the full outfit, the glove and everything. So Mikey J was, was a huge influence, something that I loved. MC Hammer. I'm 43. So MC Hammer was actually the first CD that I ever bought myself. Like actually, like CD, and then kind of like anything from like Boys to Men, Backstreet Boys was a guilty pleasure of mine, pre-teenager. And then I got into like I was pretty, pretty, really heavy into like ska and punk rock for a long time. Later in my teens, and then into my twenties, Propaganda and you know Goldfinger, of course, Green Day, Offspring, and all of those more poppy, kind of like pop-influenced punk. What else did I listen to? I'm all over the map. Like I love Nat King Cole is my favorite artist of one of my favorite artists of all time. I love his vocals. I love his voice. I just love how sophisticated he sounds. And then you go back into 
as I got into music myself, like really trying to learn about rock and roll, I got into the old blues. So like old 30s Delta blues are, are like high. I just love sitting around and listening. So Sunhouse, he's a kind of late late 20s, early 30s Delta blues guy. And he just used to bang on his guitar. And I just, that was inspiring to watch just when it comes to guitar playing and stuff, just seeing the emotion and the passion bef- behind you know, the, the, how he played it is just incredible to watch. He's just like this old steel guitar. He was a preacher man turned musician. So he turned to the devil's music. Right. But yeah, so like I'm all over the place. I'm all over the map. I just love music. Like again, my, my father was super eclectic. So we'll listen to, he's a big CKUA fan. If you know CKUA, oh, yeah. you, you know, you're going to listen to a lot of different genres and a different stuff that you would never really hear kind of anywhere else you get to like really experience new sounds so he's he's really into that he loves he loves listening to new music still to this day and for someone who is in their 60s you don't see that very often people that are still kind of like searching for new sounds and that's where I kind of get that from okay wow that is really cool so tell us a bit about when you were a front man in a band and a lead guitarist in another project, and when did you decide to go solo? So I was a lead vocalist in a band called The Marquee. We were like a pop rock project. Kind of, re- We recorded out of LA, toured, and that was me stretching myself vocally because I had never really been in a pop rock. Like it was never really, I was doing a lot of bluesy stuff and stuff at that time and singer-songwriter. So I kind of wanted to push myself vocally just to kind of learn get myself out of my comfort zone. So that's what that was. And I joined that while I was in the Blackstone as a lead guitarist. And now the Blackstone is like, not your typical, like it would be blues rock, but it's not your typical blues rock sound. Cause we brought, I mean, we did full like rap medleys and shit live. So it was, we like to tell a story so that lyrically the, the songs were telling a story, but it was, it, it turned from an acoustic band and progressively throughout its existence we became a party rock band so like we were just out there having fun but it was honestly i was i was lucky to to play lead in that because i was i'm a self-taught player and all of the rest of the musicians minus daryl matthews who was the guy that kind of brought us all together they were all like school musicians so i mean i'm essentially like the shittiest guitar player in the band and I was playing lead. So it was a great learning experience. It was nothing but fun. They're brothers. They're still brothers of mine. And we were just busy. I was doing the two projects. I was still doing some singer songwriter stuff on the side and kind of traveling around a bit. I got overwhelmed and that's what kind of brought me. I I actually put music aside for a while and just kind of focused on just living. And that's progressively what got me to here, which is my solo pop stuff is I've always wanted to do it. I just dis- I just didn't know how. And and I probably was just too scared to take that because it just because I didn't know how. I went through a pretty gnarly breakup a few like four four in 2018 and that kind of just made me want to go just do whatever I wanted to do, which was chase chase something, chase my fears. That would be the best, the best way to explain it. Just chase my fears. That's pretty cool. And before we talk a little bit more about your musical journey here, I kind of want to go back to what I read on your website, because you do have a very eclectic taste in music, but also an eclectic way of living life, which I absolutely love. It says you call Edmonton home. You were born in Edmonton, but you lived an atypical gypsy life, moving often, searching for your purpose in your travels. And of course you found music, but how did that atypical gypsy life support you on your journey 
to get to your solo journey and through your musical life? So when you think of like a gypsy, you think of a think of a gypsy, a gypsy life, living living this free love kind of doing whatever you do, and 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 essentially that why it's atypical is because I've always just I like the concept, but I'm not a hippie if that makes sense. Yeah. When I was an 18, sorry, when I was 18, I moved to Kelowna. Uh, just again, this is, I'm going to kind of go through like a super time, super tight Coles version of timeline. So 18, got out of the house, moved to Kelowna, just with some buds, wanted to go snowboard. Cool. That had nothing really to do with my music. I wasn't doing any music at that point. I tried to play guitar, didn't work out for me. So I didn't play guitar at that time. Just enjoyed singing. Anyways. So then I moved back to Edmonton. I was here for probably about I think about two months. And then I moved to Mexico, so Manzanillo, Mexico. I got a job working as activity staff at an all-inclusive resort. And that that is what, that was a really defining moment because I was pretty shy. You know, I was a pretty shy kid when I was younger. That really helped open my shell up and, and get, like I was I was open with close friends and like goofy and stuff with close people, but I was really nervous around people that I didn't know and, and big groups. Living down there, for one, opened me up to like different cultures and learning. And, and I didn't just stay on the resort. I was lucky enough to get friends, like have some good friends that kind of lived throughout because it was one of those transient kind of like everyone's coming to stay in hotels and stuff. So I got to meet a ton of people. So I was able to travel a bunch around in Mexico and, and experience real Mexican life there, which is cool. More on the side where, where there's money though. And then moved back from Mexico I was back in Edmonton for a while, just working. I joined a, and I kind of ended up joining a, a band called GDP. So Get Drunk and Puke. We were a ska punk band. I was lead vocalist in that one. I didn't play guitar at that time. So I, uh, we just, it, we, it was a garage band. We played a couple of shows, a couple of bad other bands and, and then, and that was it. it. Didn't really last long. And then I was back here. So I was back here for about five years, got in a relationship, kind of felt, started to feel stuck. So then I just got to the point, I got, I injured myself really bad snowboarding. I got addicted to opiates, got super depressed and decided to jump in my van and, and just shake my shit, like throw a wrench in the system because I needed to, I didn't know how to get out of my funk. So I just shook my shit. And in the process, my buddy Silas Grenis, who is in late Tabernacles, was what kind of band was, it? it was like a surf rockabilly band. And he lent me his acoustic guitar while I was like feeling pretty rough hanging out at home. This is pre moving into a van. I just, I played guitar for like 18 hours a day at home because I wasn't working at the time. I just fell in love with learning how to play guitar. And then I essentially just said, screw this, like, fuck it. I'm going to go. I've spent some time in Hawaii and just played guitar for a while, played some shows, came back, jumped in my van and just traveled and I played like I'd play music on the streets in Toronto and I just figure it out. My idea was to like strip myself of all of my, you know, material possessions. I was going through this existential. I grew up in a really religious family too. So like, I just kind of wanted to strip myself down and, and I went to Toronto with 400 bucks in my pocket in my van, got there. And I was like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to be able to survive. I just wanted to put myself in a situation where I could force myself to survive. So I just played music on the streets, crashed in, I knew obviously band dudes there. So I'd like crash in band spaces once in a while. I'd use friend showers, also showered in like 7-Eleven 
shower, quote unquote, in gas station uh, washrooms and stuff like that. Like it got it got to the I lost a ton of weight. I was into like reading a ton of James Joyce and like reading philosophy stuff. So I was in a weird I was in a different headspace. But it was such a, an, a great learning experience. And at the same, same time, I'm just playing guitar and writing and writing, and playing guitar. And then I came back to Ed, I ended up coming back to Edmonton eventually. And then that's when I started joining the, the other bands. Wow. That's a journey <laughs> and a half. And thank you for sharing that, by the way. That was wow. <laughs> Cole's notes. There's a lot that happens in between that. But yeah, Cole's notes. Let's talk more about your music now. So you yeah. said that music for you has always been about connection for you so when you write a song how do you write a song how do you create the message you want behind it and what do you want people to take away from your music how do i create a song so again i'm self-taught so i'll always say that i don't know how to write a song so every time i sit down to write i'm like it's a new blank page i know some people have templates that they follow and i just i don't have i don't have that knowledge so when i sit down to write i kind of just get into my feelings get into my emotions and it's funny i think like any writer can say you might go into i, I like i know for me i'll go into a song with a certain intent maybe i want to write about this and it totally changes throughout the process like it uh, for me, I like to really dig myself, like dig deep and try to figure out who I am at that moment and why am I having these feelings so that it can relate because these are all things that everyone does. It's not just me, right? Everyone gets into these feelings and digs deep into them. It doesn't necessarily like talk about them and talk about, you know, their feelings in depth because vulnerability is scary. So for me, it's like, I just want people to take away the fact that like, they're not alone, for one. And that's the essentially just kind of being able to connect emotionally with it, understanding that there's someone else there struggling with this thought process. No, that makes sense. And that kind of is interesting that you mentioned that because recently I saw a quote that said, and it was specifically speaking to artists and musicians, because I follow a lot on Instagram, of course, but it said, write what other people are scared to say. That's that, that's always what I strive, but that's what music is. I think, you know, you, you listen to some of the, the songs that last a long time are the ones that really, you know, hit home emotionally. My biggest song and something that I struggle with because of my past is uh, grinning in your face by Sunhouse. So that's that old Delta. It's like, don't you mind people grinning in your face. So like the story and what he's saying in that is like, people talk shit about you. They won't understand you. Don't worry about it, man. That's their shit. Just worry about you. That's essentially the message that he has. So that's a big one for me. And it, it kind of like, it always reminds me to just take a step back and don't allow other people's opinions to, to affect what you're doing and to slow you down, to slow me down. That's, that's a big song for me. That's incredible. The message behind that is really cool too. And I like the way that you described it. And now we got to play one of your songs to give people a taste of your music. And from the looks of it, this was your debut solo single, Break My Heart. Tell us a bit about Break My Heart and how you knew that this was the song you wanted to bring out. So Break My Heart was byproduct of a 10-year 10, 10 relationship. It was after, you know, we we almost got married. We, we called the wedding off a month before the wedding. We had both been living down in Nashville. She was still down there working. She's a country musician. I came up back up to pay for the wedding and it fell apart. 
she ended up, uh, she was cheating on me. She ended up cheating on me. And then we called the wedding off. We tried to work it out, but it didn't work out. And I was going through a lot of emotions. So that's what break my heart is. Break my heart is all of the emotions and everything that I was going through and the struggles with understanding, like, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. And once I wrote that song, it helped really, for one, it helped heal and let it go, right? Because then I, I, it's like, you know, like, it's like writing a letter and burning it. You know, something affects me in the past. And that whole healing process where they say is like, write a letter to that person and either send it to them or burn it, but get it out. So that's what music is for me. And that's what Break My Heart is. It was just to get past those emotions so that I can grow past because I, I was I was down, man. Like I hard, hard, I almost I almost killed myself. I was questioning whether and why what was the purpose of living. And I just couldn't get out of my funk. So that's what that's what Break My Heart is. Been ripping off my bonds, baby, trying to wake my mind. I want to see you. I've had a breakthrough. I want to share this with you. Been gripping on these signs, baby, trying to see your eyes. But I just see you blue. Now you don't bleed through. Why'd you have to be so cruel? Break my heart Or were you lying from the 
Our guest, Jordan Jones, with his song, Break My Heart. Now, let's talk about more of your writing process here. So for your song, Flawless, for example, you rented a cabin in the Rocky Mountains by yourself to get away and reset to write. So for you, what is an ideal writing session like for you? Do you like to be quiet? Do you get ideas like in the spark of the moment and you got to write them down? What is your creation process in general? I would say it's kind of a mix. I love to write initially by myself just to get the base, at least the basic idea and the basic, you know, melodies and that kind of stuff. I love writing by myself. I've had discussions with my partner, like knowing that she knows that I need absolute no distraction when I'm writing because I like I get distracted super easy so if someone does come in and I'm in the process I just get pulled out and I kind of like lose that I I just lose it you know I lose that kind of momentum I have a nine to five so like if I'm doing something like I'll just write if I come up with a lyric or something I'll write it in my notes in my phone and I'll come back to it so if I have like a cool idea or a cool little little line that I, I dig I'll just write it out and it'll kind of throw it in the bank. And then when I sit down, I can expand on it. But I do like to expand on it by myself. When we go into the studio, I feel it's really important to be, as an artist, I love creating with other people and other creators, other artists. I think it's really, really, it t- it can take a song from, you know, being an average song to a, a good song or a great song, wherever we're feeling that day, right? But it takes it up a notch because, you know, put ego aside, put all that shit aside and then just create like the best piece of art that we can create in that moment. That's what it is to me. And that's what the studio is, is just taking the song to the next level. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I like that. (laughs) So (laughs) right now you do have Stumble, Break My Heart, Flawless and Sabotage out. And what I liked what you did when you released Sabotage here recently, which we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes is... On the single release, you also added all of the previous songs with that song when you re-released that song, which is super cool. It was a nice little dance party for me in my kitchen last night, like I was mentioning (laughs) earlier, and I loved it. So this question was asked in a different interview, of course, but I want to go a bit deeper into it. So you said that when you decide that a song is ready to be released is when it feels right. So how do you make that process of releasing songs for you? So how do I decide that it's kind of ready? Yeah, how do you um, decide to release a song? Like for me, it's like, so Jay Shetty, do you know who Jay Shetty is? I do not. Who's that? So he's like, think like a monk. He wrote a book called Think Like a Monk. He used to be a monk. And now he's kind of like a, uh, he's a speaker. He did, I think it was an interview. And he mentioned something like, like never, always just put out. So like, even if perfection is impossible, it's a, it's an unattainable thing but a lot of the times we hold ourselves to this trying to get this piece of art to perfection but he's like if it's 80 percent, put it out there for one you're putting out stuff and you're not holding yourself back that's the big thing is we hold ourselves back for me i try not to overanalyze when it's when it's ready i trust my team so i put together a really good team at velveteen music if 
I definitely, we definitely push the track as far as we possibly can, but there is that kind of like that breaking point where it's pushing you too far and you just got to let it go so that you can move on to the next one and, and just continue to create. So for me, the process is just, just working at it, playing with it, but not to the point where it doesn't ever see the light of day because I do want to move on. I do want to, it's always, to me, I just want to start like every song or every project is about doing better, like just a, just tweaking it enough so that the next song is a little bit better than the last one. And I think that's why I like doing singles right now because I'm back and I'm, you know, it's a new project for me. So it's like with every song, I'm just like, okay, I just want to push myself and we want to push ourselves to the, as to the best so that we can create the best piece of art we can in that moment. So, but letting it go is it's there. I, we just let it go. Even if I, if I think there's something that I could tweak, I really do trust my team because I don't want to hold us back from from letting that song out for sure and sometimes we also overthink things a lot and we just get too into it and we're like this Absolutely. could be changed that could be changed but they're like no it's fine stop touching it <laughs> yeah exactly and that's those are conversations we have they're right like and that's i think every artist is the same way some people we just overwork it and when when you overthink it you get to the point you overwork it it doesn't have that same sometimes overproducing or over overdoing it you lose the, you lose the emotion the emotional side of it. And that's what it's about. That's what music's about. So that's a hundred percent true for sure. I agree with that so much. And you have a very diverse selection of gems already under your belt. How do you stay creative? Because we all get in a few ruts here and there. We all feel like we're not, you know, all that creative sometimes, but how do you stay creative or how do you get creative again? I fall back into what I love, which is music. And that's where I find it. If I'm, if I'm struggling, struggling creatively, I just try and like listen to music without overanalyzing and enjoying it for what it is. And once I can get that piece again, I can create again. I went through a, I mean, I think every artist goes through, you know, write a writing box and I went through a five year writing block. And I think it's important to not allow because the writing blocks are a hundred percent in your head you're like oh i can't write and then it expands and then you start like saying i can't do this anymore this is not my jam or i lost it i just don't have it anymore for me i just fall back into music meditate and lose myself again so that i can create sometimes i think it's important to uh take some psychedelics (laughs) and and that's like a boost back into oh shit i can be creative so yeah Heck yeah, you do what you got to do. So before we talk about sabotage here, you have traveled quite a bit. You've been on so many adventures, but you keep coming <laughs> back to Edmonton. So Edmonton is home, obviously. That is where you were born. But describe the indie scene there for us. Like It is a pretty cool music scene in Edmonton, but how has it supported you as an artist? I would say it supported me like wholly as an artist. The, the indie scene here in general is really diverse and the community is getting better and better with helping each other and boosting each other and just just helping each other that's something that you know i feel like edmonton's really growing when it comes to diversity when i was younger there's like the punk scene here was really good it's interesting because i have been in and out of edmonton a lot and i've been to other music i've you know spent a lot of time in other music cities so the scene here is very, like, there's a ton of folk, obviously. There's a ton of blues. There's country, obviously. We got, like, a, a really good, like, 
heavy scene and the pop scene is really growing and the R&B scene is really growing. It's the support of the of people in general too. Like there's a lot of music lovers in Edmonton. So yeah, we've lost a lot of venues over the years. Like I think a lot of cities have. We've lost a lot of like smaller venues, but the ones that are still here are thriving and are really, really supportive. So come to Edmonton and check out the local scene because honestly, there's so much talent here. It's insane. This is our PSA. Go to Edmonton. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fun. (laughs) It is. So Sabotage, this is your most recent release. It is an amazing pop tune. And this story behind the song started when the feelings that you were going through at the two-year mark of your current relationship. But tell us a bit more about the song. So the song is, it was it was one of those songs that really kind of snuck up on me. Went in, I was going through, we were going through, I think every relationship goes through that. To me, it's the ten, the two year mark. It could be three years for, for, for others or whatever. When you really start to question, you know, is it going to work in the long term? And that's just to put it, we're together and we're doing amazing. So the, the relationship is doing really well. But you still, but in order for that relationship to really get to that point, you have to have those hard conversations. And that's what sabotage is. And I feel like, like the conversation is not just the conversation. It's, it's about all the shit that we've kept from previous relationships or our mommy and daddy issues, because we all have them, whether or not we want to admit it. So it's like all of that baggage that we've kind of have, that's what sabotage was for me. It was like, I, we were arguing a bunch, but it wasn't sabotage is about looking at yourself to make sure that those arguments aren't just beg Like they're, they're not a repercussion of baggage that you brought into the relationship. And sabotage is that for me, like that's what it is for me is about ripping myself apart to make sure that I'm giving the best version of me I can in this relationship. So it was actually a turning point for for us in our relationship where we had those hard conversations and now we're doing phenomenal because of it. In order to get to this point, you need to go through that. I feel, I feel every relationship goes through that at some point in their life or in their relationship. So as long as you can get through it and see through your own bullshit, because that's a lot of the times we argue because of our own bullshit, not because of the other person's bullshit. And that's where our defensive, where people get defensive, right? So that's what it is to me. That's what sabotage is to me. It was it was that song that kind of, it came out. I cried in the studio. I was going through a lot. I was trying to understand, you know, where we were and what what the future looked like. And, and now the future looks amazing because of it. That's incredible. Well, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited to see where more of your singles do take you, including this one. Last but not least here, Jordan, introduce the song for us before I add it in here. Hey, this is Sabotage by Jordan Jones. Built these walls and I put up these shells to hold my stories and sabotage myself. Trying to let go, but I don't know how. Got these chickens and I need y'all. Starting to think that I should get out.
Jordan Jones with his latest release, Sabotage. And a few minutes ago, you heard his song, Break My Heart. Both of those songs and all of his music is available wherever you buy, download, or stream your songs right now. And of course, you can follow along on his very exciting and very promising musical journey on all social media platforms under Jordan Jones or on his website, IamJordanJones.com. And just a heads up, if you do have a little bit of trouble finding him on Google or any search engine, you can search Jordan Jones Edmonton and the right Jordan Jones is going to come up for you. <laughs> a massive, massive thank you going out to Jordan for hanging out with me on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was a very wonderful conversation. That has been your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out and have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.